Burlesque Stripped Down, episode number 49. Hi, my friends. This is Velvet. I am recording a slight um, addendum, a pre-addendum, I guess, uh, before I launch into the episode. I am actually recording this on Wednesday morning, November 9th. Um, Technically, it's the afternoon because I may have slept in today. So the afternoon... Uh, The aftermath, I guess we can say, Um, the election results are in and um, we have a president-elect in here in the United States. I'm sure most of you, whether or not you live in the the United States, have heard about it by now. Um, And it is Donald Trump. And I just want to very quickly acknowledge my sadness, my disappointment. That's not even a strong enough word. Um, My anger, my shame. And my solidarity with the rest of you who are feeling these same things um, with me. I don't want to get into it. Um, maybe in the future I'll do a, a separate episode so those of you who don't agree with me can just skip it. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to say that I love you all. Um, I love what we're creating and I hope that I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that many of us are wrong about this. So anyway... Um, on the bright side, we did have, you know, Prop 60, it looks like, did not pass. That was in California. Here in Florida, um, our prop, our Amendment 1 did not pass, but Amendment 2 did. So we have medical marijuana here in Florida. Um, I know a lot of – I've heard a lot of good news regarding the amendments and propositions from around the country. Not so great news uh, – well, depending on which side you're on. If, you, if you're a Democrat, not so great news from the, um, from the elected candidates, but um, – that's something that we're just going to have to work on. But anyway, I just wanted to express my love for you all, my solidarity with you all, with my communities, and my hope, my my sincere hope that we are wrong. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the bulk of the real part of this episode. Welcome back, my friends. This is Velvet Eau Claire. As always, I am your guide through all of the secrets, saucy, sexy, and otherwise of us, the ladies, gents, and non-binary folk behind the tassels. Thank you, thank you, thank you for blessing, for pressing play today, tongue twisters. I am very excited because we are smack dab in the middle of the season O sex here on Burlesque Stripped Down, discussing all things burlesque, sexuality, and all the kind of their intonation. Ooh, I am coming up with lots of cool words today. Intwiningness, intonation, all of that, all the ways that these kind of these things interact. And so we're we're discovering it, we're discussing it. We're delving into it in all of its different forms. If you listened to our very last episode, super duper important because it deals with Proposition 60, California's proposition regarding condoms in adult uh, films or adult pornography, but it goes so much deeper than that. Please vote no. I'm not entirely sure when this episode is going to go up, depending on editing, so it may be going up after the election has already passed. If not, however, if it is Monday or Tuesday when you are listening to this of 2016, of November, November 7th or 8th, 2016, please, I encourage you to get out and vote and vote no on Prop 60 in California. If, however, we are listening to this and the election has already passed, well... I guess you'll already know. You'll know something that I don't. So we'll either commiserate or we'll celebrate in the next episode. How about that? (laughs) In the meantime, I have a very 
very special interview today with Virginia Dare Me. And Virginia is someone who actually contacted me to let me know that she was enjoying my show and um, especially excited for the season of sex that was forthcoming. Um, and she got into a little bit of her story because she has kind of an interesting um, background and some of the things that she's dealt with in her life and coming into burlesque. So she is a newer performer, but she has so many amazing insights to share. And as you listen, you'll hear me kind of giddy out a little bit or geek out, I guess, over the way she phrases things. She just has this phenomenal way of kind of succinctly um, and eloquently putting things that clearly I'm not always so good at. So let me tell you just a little bit about Virginia. Raised in the Blue Ridge Hills of her namesake, Virginia Daremy is new to burlesque, but not to the stage. She's always been at home under the lights from her first singing performance at age at the age of five to her current international touring career as co-front person for the band Wild Ponies. When Virginia takes the stage, she comes alive with a magnetic presence that dares you to look away. Virginia began her burlesque journey in early 2015, taking classes at delinquent debutantes in her current home of Nashville, Tennessee. She was overtaken with a sense of giddy excitement and power the first moment she walked into the burlesque studio. Virginia grabbed hold of the thrill of choreography, costuming, and concept development, and performed her burlesque debut to one of her own songs, Make You Mine, about the sexual empowerment of women. Pulling songs and inspiration for her dance, mostly from other independent or East Nashville artists, Virginia continues to choreograph and create, elegantly adding burlesque performer to her resume. So that's all about Virginia. So she has a really, you know, kind of unique approach coming to it from, you know, as a from a successful performance and uh, singing career, music career there in Nashville. So we get into a lot of things, not least of which is her um, her history of having some sexual assault and sexual abuse in her past and how burlesque has actually helped her to kind of come to terms with that. So definitely have a listen in. And I'll be back right after the interview with a few announcements, as well as a little preview of what is to come. So without further ado, let's get in to my interview with Virginia Dare Me. Yes, that's right, everyone. I am so excited to be joined today by Miss Virginia Dare Me. Welcome, Virginia. How are you doing today? So good, Velvet. So happy to be here with you. Me too. I'm so excited to get to know you. I was really happy to get your email, really intrigued by your story and by everything that you have kind of get into. So I guess why don't we just go ahead and kind of jump in? I mean, I read a little bit about your bio, right? Tell us about who Virginia Dare Me really is. Well, Virginia Dare Me is uh, new to burlesque, but uh, not at all new to the stage. I've actually been performing in one way or another since I was five years old. That was my very first performance. And I sang um I sang Santa Claus is Coming to Town. <laughs> I remember exactly what I was wearing. And I it was for an audience of about 300 people as a five-year-old. And, um, and I have honestly been performing ever since. And my other life outside of burlesque dancing is I um, am a touring, international touring singer-songwriter, co-front person of the band Wild Ponies, and we're based out of Nashville, Tennessee. So I get to be I get to be on stage in all kinds of ways, which is really fun. It's nice when you get to kind of, you know, be on stage all the time in different capacities as well to kind of switch things up. Yeah, totally. 
fabulous. So as most of my listeners know, if you've been listening um, for the last few episodes, we are in the middle of the season O sex here on Burlesque Stripped Down. And what I kind of would love to chat about with you and well, actually, why don't I just start by letting you kind of share some of your story? Because I think burlesque has had kind of a, a healing effect for you in your life. Do you mind telling us just a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I I am a victim of, of sexual abuse. And uh, decided with the release of the last Wild Ponies record, we actually, several of the songs on the record related back to my history of sexual abuse. And we decided to be really open and honest about having that conversation when we release that record and when we sing those songs in front of audiences and when we communicate with our fan base and you know, do interviews like this musically, we just decided that it was really important to make that part of the conversation. Um, I feel like that may be what's missing from us having a real impact on those statistics of people being abused is because that is still such a taboo topic. And it even makes people uncomfortable to hear the word sexual abuse. You kind of see people shrink around you when you mention those words. And um, I, w- I want to change that. I think how we react to hearing that someone is a victim of abuse uh, has a lot to do with how that person heals. So that was a that was a big reason that I wanted to be open and honest about that conversation, because we know with those statistics that you're meeting people every day who are victims of of abuse and specifically of sexual abuse. So we it doesn't really need to be a secret. It's happening and we should be able to talk about it. And then through um, doing some trauma work and really focusing specifically on my trauma experience, sort of coming out of that, there were just some lingering issues of, you know, I had done the trauma work and in my head and in my um in my heart i felt like i had done a lot of of that work to heal but there were still some issues of of body image um and some shame issues and just some issues with uh being comfortable sexually as a person like kind of acknowledging my sexual being as a as a female and so that is kind of what brought me into burlesque. And I started dancing. We have an amazing school here in Nashville called Delinquent Debutantes. So hashtag Deb's Army. That's, they're an amazing group of, of women. And uh, so I started taking classes at Delinquent Debs and just felt so supported and felt so empowered by that experience. Just looking at myself doing those movements those sensual hip grinds and and hip rolls and hip circles and chest chest circles and just isolating different parts of my body and seeing myself look kind of hot in the mirror like <laughs> holy shit I'm hot that's awesome um it was just a, an amazing transition for me so I I really just dove in and here in Nashville, that school has a great um, kind of series of classes that you can go through. They do a 101 and a 201 and then a 301. 
series. And then at the end of your 301, you get to grind you weight. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's, it was awesome. So I graduated with um, a public performance. And that public performance was me, for me, was actually a song on that record I was talking about. And it's a song called Make You Mine. It's, it's one of our songs, a Wild Pony song that I helped write. And it's, it's a song about um, being a sexually empowered woman. And then to do that dance, that burlesque debut to that song, it was all, it just all sort of closed that circle of healing for me. And so I went from, you know, doing that head work and doing that heart work and that emotional, you know, swimming through to heal from trauma. And then at the end of that routine, that night of graduation, like it was finally, it finally became real in my body. Like it was now every, every part of me knew that I, that I was healed. And yeah, I'm still going to have, I'm still going to have some days and, you know, being a victim of sexual abuse is always going to be a part of, of my life and a part of who I am as a person. But I just feel so powerful in my body now, which was something I hadn't experienced in a really long time. Wow. That is, that's so beautiful hearing you, <laughs> you tell that story. Like, there's so many things I want to dive into. Okay, where do I start? Did you know before you started taking classes that effect for you? Or what was kind of the motivation going into those classes? Well, I went in, um, I had a friend who actually photographs for a couple of the burlesque troops here in Nashville. And in exchange for um, doing that photography, she has taken some classes there at delinquent debutantes. And so we were having a conversation about some body image issues and just, you know, feeling sexy in your in your body. And she's somebody who has had some of those similar experiences. And so she kind of spurred me on to do it. But as soon as I entered that build, that first class for me was like, okay, I'm all in now. <laughs> mm. Like, I will be in glitter doing this as soon as possible. So, um yeah, it's just an an amazing environment that they've created. Yeah, that's fabulous. And I want to bring back to what you said as well about how important it is to have these conversations around things like sexual abuse and sexual trauma because they are so much more prolific. They are so much more out there than we realize because it's so taboo to talk about. Yeah, and I I just I feel like the way that we have handled it historically continues to victimize the individual that's already been the victim because the way that we've handled it historically when those words are thrown out there it's so uncomfortable that the victim feels uncomfortable you know the victim's like ah shit I shouldn't have said that or oh I've made everybody feel uncomfortable it's like no um it's an uncomfortable topic because it's a shitty thing to experience for sure but it's not the victim's fault and the victim it's on the victim's mind most of the time one one of the songs that we released on that wild ponies record um one of the lines in the song is it's still something i think about every day um so you know there's not a day and i'm i'm not going to claim that i know every victim's experience but i 
have worked with and talked with enough people that have had this experience to know it doesn't it doesn't leave you. Um, you don't suddenly forget for months at a time that you were abused as a as a child or or raped as a teen or what you know. You you don't forget that. So it's it's on the victim's mind um, a lot a lot of the time. So it it would be nice if we created a space for people to talk about that openly without feeling further shamed. Absolutely, absolutely. How did you find the response when you decided to just be more straightforward about this and, and more open about it on your album? It has been incredible. We ended up doing an interview uh, with the Huffington Post um, when when that record came out and, and No Depression, which is a sort of music, Americana-style music magazine. And both of those articles were really in-depth and talked a lot about it. And I, I still talk about it from stage two, depending on the night. You know, I don't want to bring an entire crowd of people <laughs> down, but our but our music is very uh, personal and um, it's intense music. And so what I experienced from telling that story is that I started getting emails and Facebook messages and even people coming up to the merch table at the end of the night to say uh, nothing more than than thank you or to or to give me a hug or to just say you know I had a similar experience I appreciate you being open about this I haven't had any negative feedback I just know that in an audience of of two hundred people you know that many people in that audience have shared that experience in one way or another and those people are the ones that are coming up and talking to us after the show and um we even had one person that ended up disclosing himself um to his family abuse that had occurred probably 20 years earlier he just gave me a big hug and said after listening to the truth is the name of that song i was talking about after listening to the truth is I was able to disclose to my parents abuse that had occurred by a a, a neighbor friend um like 20 years earlier and he was he was able to disclose that and um and and bring some healing in his own life uh from that. So if if that's the only person I helped um through this process, it was completely worth it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's still not easy to talk about, but whenever Whenever I'm asked about it or or decide, you know, I, I, I mean, I do feel very intentional about communicating this and I think it's really important. So sometimes I just have to take a deep breath and know that it's the, it's the right thing to do. And so even though it's a hard thing sometimes for, for me to talk about, um, I just know it's the right thing. So I just take a breath and, and do it. <laughs> Amazing that you, you know, you could have that kind of feedback and, and feel that and hear that about people's stories. And I was at Sex Down South recently up in Atlanta, and um, there was a, a speaker there who did a um, did a presentation. I don't know if you had a chance to listen, but it was actually on um, rape play in in kind of like a sexual way. And we were talking about it because it was a very, you know, it's obviously a very trigger, a triggery topic to kind of totally. get into. And 
so it was really interesting to hear from other because there were actually it was a very safe space and there were other sexual survivors kind of sexual abuse survivors in the room and to discuss how for some of them it has you know this kind of play has has kind of helped them work through it but for others it was not something that really helped them you know so people kind of um, can deal with and 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 recover from some of these issues in different ways but i think that the common thread through all of it is being able to talk about it, right? Absolutely. I mean, isn't isn't communication the common thread for all oh, things? You know, so like true. <laughs> relationships and your boss and all. You know, it all comes down to communication. So, you know, communication and and not judging each other because, uh, you know, that rape play scenario for me would be triggery, but yeah. I totally understand that it gives someone else the opportunity to experience that uh, kind of thing in a in a zone where they feel powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really interesting to kind of delve into some of the like reasons behind it. I don't want to get off on too far of a tangent here or, or, or you know, having too much triggery things for people listening. But um, they were discussing, you know, about how, you know, because if you can change the outcome of it, sometimes for them, you know, for certain people, it kind of helps them work through it. But, right, right. Um, but the facilitator of that particular workshop, Ignacio, they were they're also doing a project on um on kind of making, you know, ending child sexual assault, basically, and child sexual abuse by sharing these stories and kind of bringing to light some of the um, the the strategies and the the manipulations and the, you know, things that are used by abusers, which right. I think is just so important, too, because people don't realize. I was just reading about consent, an article about consent recently, recently written by a cis male, you know, who has grown up with all of these images of men not you know, being a strong man means not waiting for consent, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want somebody to ask you before they kiss you. You just want them to grab you. That's not true. But I'm just saying that's the that's kind of the message. I read that there. same article. Did you? It was so good. <laughs> I wasn't did. It? Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Although it made me a little sad because now I have trouble watching that scene in Empire Strikes Back because he does just like Han Solo does just kind of force himself on Princess Leia. Right. <laughs> I didn't want to know that that was bad, but it is right. a bit. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I just think it's really um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. It's important to examine the fact that these are not, you know, they're not always malicious strategies, but they are things that lead to abusive type situations. And a lot of people don't realize that kind of connection. They think of they think of rape as, you know, something that's happening in a dark alley or sexual assault is by some guy in a hood who, you know, gets you when you're walking down the street alone by yourself at three in the morning. Right. 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 Which is, I mean, that's just such a small percentage of of what the actual experience is for most victims. Absolutely. And so the more we share these stories and the more we, you know, we create support for um, the the survivors and we create more awareness, I think, for well-intentioned other people. (laughs) Not that everyone is well-intentioned, but many of them are. Yeah. So let's bring it back a little bit um, to talking about this this kind of burlesque journey. You talked, you touched on it a bit, but do you care to share some of the kind of the thoughts that went through your head when you realized what a healing thing burlesque was going to be for you, whether it was earlier in your journey or during that performance itself? It's interesting. I recognized it 
in that first class, like I said, just when I saw, when I was able to see my body, my physical body, I mean, I, there have been other moments in my life for sure that I have felt powerful and sexy and attractive and, you know, all, all of those, all of those things. But in a moment when I was looking at myself in the mirror, which Mm -hmm. mirrors have always been a challenge for me. But when I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I'm, I'm sex. Like I saw myself as like specifically sexy, which Mm. isn't, you know, a word that I hadn't really thought about myself as very, very much. And so I felt a little bit of a transition then, but, um, my husband also started to notice, uh, a change just in the way that I care carry myself, you know, just in everyday, everyday life. Fabulous. So, you know, do, what do you see for yourself? I know I'm kind of throwing some random questions at you, but I mean, you plan to continue with burlesque, yeah? Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm currently working on on a new routine and would and would like to do the make you mine number uh, again and again. I, w- I would like for that to be a signature piece for me. Um, but yeah, working on some new stuff and I love, I love actually creating, uh, routines because I've, I'm part of the East Nashville community of independent musicians. I love pulling from my colleagues for, uh, for music inspiration and stuff. So my next routine is to a local guy, Tim Carroll, who's an amazing, uh, rock, rock and roll singer songwriter. And so um, creating a routine to one of his songs is my next thing. And I'm, I'm kittening for the first time. Yay, it's so um, much fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that's at a, at a show here in Nashville in December. And it's a live band burlesque show. Ooh, cool. uh, it's the Rhinestone Cabaret. And it's, it's a great, it's a great night. I mean, there's... There's something on stage for the entire night between go-go dancers and uh, I think 13 performers, and wow. uh, then I'm I'm going to kitten around in a cute little outfit, so <laughs> that'll be fun. <laughs> Fantastic! That sounds like a blast. Very very cool. And I I like what you said about you know creating those numbers with local artists and everything because being so involved in the community, I'm sure you have a lot of contacts, and that's such, that adds such a great element to it as opposed to everyone who's kind of using the same tired, sometimes tired old numbers, you know, to create their routines, right? The right. same kind of things, or even I mean, like me, I, I like to think that I use unique number, unique. Um, numbers, but there's still ones that have been on the radio, you know, which is for better or for worse, the audience may recognize them, but it is kind of cool. It adds a neat, neat uh, indie element and local element to use other um, unique songs. Yeah. And I don't have to worry as much about, oh, has somebody else done a number mm-hmm. to this song? Because chances are no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I always like to ask what you have going on right now that you're most excited about. Is it pretty much kind of these shows coming up and these new routines that are happening? Or is there anything else kind of popping in your life? Yeah, that I mean, I'm super excited about all that. Uh, I mean, my other my other career, uh, you know, as in wild ponies is pretty consuming and amazing and i i love my life doing that um for sure but i'm looking forward to being able to pull pull in burlesque and you know hopefully do a few shows a year uh either locally or at some festivals i mean i travel a lot with with music so um maybe pulling in some burlesque shows 
alongside the traveling that I'm doing as a musician. So I'm I'm just excited. I you know, being a newbie is a really fun it's a fun place to be because there's still so much ahead of me that I get to look forward to and and just see how how it develops and how how I blossom as Virginia. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. What's been your I mean, tip, uh, you know, you have a lot to learn when you're a newbie, right? And what what has been your kind of approach? Is it mostly just these in-person classes or have you been utilizing a lot of YouTube and everything as well? I am doing I'm doing it all. I am <laughs> I am an information whore. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I I mean, uh we actually at the Delinquent Debutante Studio in addition to the regular dance classes because they because of the way that they run those series and then you have a you know groups of people that graduate yes. who are interested in in doing burlesque and on more of a professional level so they actually have a professional series that I'm in the middle of right now that's just more of a talk uh kind of series about you know, social media and developing your brand, which I've gotten a lot of information from you about Ooh. that very thing. Yay, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm I'm doing that professional series and, you know, information about producing shows and uh how to how to work a budget as a burlesque performer, mm-hmm. all of those all of those things. And it's it's kind of hilarious how similar um my two worlds are between burlesque performance and and music like it's all very similar of of booking shows promoting shows budgeting shows um traveling all you know it's it there's a lot of similarities there well that's good then at least you have some skills that you can transfer over you're not totally starting from scratch right right i got <laughs> i've got some skills for sure <laughs> So you have a lot of skills, but what is one of your biggest struggles as an artist right now? Whether it is through burlesque or through, you know, wild ponies or whatever it is in your artistic life, what's a big struggle you have right now? Well, and I was just thinking about the differences um, between the music and burlesque, but I think there's so much similarity. For for me, I want the focus to be on the creation mm. I and the art. I love, I mean... I love writing a, on the on my songwriting world. I love, you know, taking an idea or a line or a subject and, you know, creating a song where there wasn't a song before, like that didn't exist before and now mm-hmm. it does and that and that's amazing. And similar in the burlesque world, like I love that I've, you know, hear this Tim Carroll song and then I'm inspired to move in a way that is sexy and sensual to that song and then oh how do we how do we costume it so it fits with the theme and and makes sense and then um that whole creation part is is my is my favorite part but um there's a struggle to keep your focus on that part because it's really easy to get bogged down by the admin side of things, by the sending of emails and the responding of emails and the reaching out for shows and all of that stuff. But um, in both worlds, the music and, and burlesque, but I really feel like if you focus on the art and you create something that's authentic and true, then the other parts will come. Like, you know, the, the, the show, the shows will come and, 
once you get them, yeah, you'll work hard to promote them. But, but if you don't have the beautiful, the beautiful, authentic thing to present, then it doesn't really matter if you've got the show. If that makes sense, just kind of keeping my focus there on, on the creation and the art. It's a struggle, but it's where I want to be. <laughs> Absolutely. You're so right. It is. It's, it's finding kind of that balance, you know, because there are things that do need to be done, but it's so easy to get sucked down the rabbit hole. You know, I find mm-hmm. the same. And I think it's true for a lot of things. I find the same thing with the podcast. You know, I'll get so sucked into things like the scheduling and the editing and this and that. And I forget about the create and that the point is that I'm here to tell stories. You know, I mean, before we even started recording, I mean, gosh, technology has been making me just want to throw my computer out the window today, you know? Right. But I forget that, I don't forget, but I need to make sure that I, you know, try to stay focused on the fact that it's about sharing these stories with the world. You know, that's what I'm here for. And the same when we do burlesque and we do music, it it really is a lot about sharing stories in various forms, right? Oh, totally. Totally. It's a, it's a creative expression of, of yourself. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So for those of you who have listened to some of the interviews recently, you know that a couple months ago I discovered my new favorite acronym, which is AFOG, <laughs> and it stands for Another Fucking Opportunity for Growth. And it needs to be said, I was trying to type it to a friend the other day, and I was like, but you need to have like the sarcasm font on that, you know, just be like, <laughs> oh man, another fucking opportunity for growth, you know? Right. And so it's this idea of something that went wrong in your life, whether it's, you know, art-related, burlesque-related, I mean, whatever it is, it's something that kind of goes wrong that you are able to kind of at some point, maybe not right away, but at some point kind of reframe and look at it in a different light and instead approach it as another fucking opportunity to grow. So have you had any of those recently? And if so, would you like to kind of share some of the AFOGs with us? I, I feel like I have one of these every day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but actually right now what I'm dealing with, um, and I and I knew this was going to be a question since I'm a listener, Um <laughs> What I'm dealing with right now is I'm I'm actually running the St. Jude Memphis Marathon in December. Wow. And um fundraising for that. But as a runner, it impedes my flexibility and my and my dancing sometimes because running makes you so uh tight and you know just just gets everything kind of uh, you know hamstrings are super tight hips are super tight i'm actually you know got a little hip injury going on right now and so that process for me uh i felt myself getting frustrated at dance um at dance class not being able to do some things that i felt like i should be able to do <laughs> flexibility wise but what what it's teaching me is to to be patient with myself and to honor my body where it is in that moment. Yes. yes. This this left hamstring may be super tight today, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be super tight tomorrow and you may be able to get that kick a little higher tomorrow or get, you know, get more out of your flat back um you know, drag down your legs and stuff. Uh but just to be patient with my body and not and and not dishonor myself in that moment and get frustrated with with where I am physically, but be able to again take a deep breath and uh and just keep working on it. So I feel like that frustration of 
you know, getting mad at my hamstrings for being so damn tight has been another fucking opportunity for me to learn (laughs) patience with myself and to grow a little bit in honoring my body and where I am in each moment. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And I especially love that when you t- when you were talking about um, you know, b- like before you kind of had you before you reframed it and you used my favorite S word and by favorite I mean my least favorite, you used the word should, right? And oh, that, right. and that's perfect because it's exactly because so often we use that word should, right? And like, you know, my body should be able to do this. I should be able to stretch further. I should be able to do this particular move. And then you were able to take it around and kind of reframe it into, well, okay, maybe it should. I don't know what that means, but maybe it should. But it's not. Right now, here is where you are. You know, you, my mom always says this, you are here, right? Right. This is where you are right now. And to be kind with yourself and, and love your body regardless and and know that if it comes, it comes. You can still work. You can still work to change things. But you love and accept yourself where you are. Oh, I love that. It's such a good example. It's such a good concrete example of this acceptance idea, right? Right, right. And just, you know, just working on it and accepting the the progress, however slowly it comes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, that, that makes me so happy. It puts a big smile on my face. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So when you're getting ready, I mean, I know you've only, uh, is it just the one time you performed then? So far, Yay! yes. No, that's awesome. I love, I love, that's one of the things I, I knew was going to be really important on this podcast is that I wanted to talk to people at all phases of the journey because, you know, it doesn't do good to only listen to people who are, you know, have been doing this for a decade and, you know, like have all this. We need to hear from other people who are either at our, you know, at our same point or at an earlier point or a later point or whatever it is. We need to hear all levels. So when you're preparing, but of course you've had a lot of experience on stage doing other things, right? So what is a big preparation secret you have, whether it is just kind of prepping prepping for a show in general or specifically for burlesque? I am a big fan of the list. I like a list and that list comes from when I start creating my costume, like I list the pieces that I want to include in my costume. And then, you know, I trade things out as the as the routine develops. And then for getting ready for a show, I have a list of what needs to be in my makeup case and what needs to be in my hang-up bag. And, um, you know, I, I just, it just helps me not get anxious about that part because it's like, oh, the list is there. So I don't have to worry about remembering all of those things because I have my list. So I can let go of that piece and not be stressed about it. I love that. You're a girl after my own heart. I'm a total list maker myself. (laughs) Except for I tend to kind of like, do you have like a central place for all your lists usually or... Uh, well, I have central places for different lists. Okay. Because <laughs> so, I was going to say, I tend to just like jot things on paper and then I lose those papers and then it's a big, horrible mess. But <laughs> Right. I mean, I have like a burlesque notebook and a awesome. wild ponies notebook and a, the, you know, running notebook. I, I, I got notebooks. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. What about self-care? It's very important that we, of course, take care of ourselves and, you know, and it comes along with being kind to ourselves and all of those things. So what is your favorite self-care practice? Well, I was going to ask if whiskey could be a form of self-care. Hell yeah. I, I'm sort sort of half joking, but not really. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think in moderation that part of self-care is allowing yourself things that you love 
in moderation and and whiskey is one of those things for me and you know and they're baths and there's new red lipstick and there you know there's there's all the things so just allowing allowing yourself to celebrate yourself you know like being intentional about that is is a part of self-care for me so sometimes that is a delicious glass of whiskey over ice and sometimes that is a walk with my dog and it's it's just really being intentional about taking a moment for yourself every day to just honor honor that you are and mm. just sit in it <laughs> mm. i love the, i love the way you phrase things it just makes me feel so good it's oh. like, yes that's exactly that's exactly what it should be right that's exactly what self care should be a chance for you to just kind of sit in yourself and feel it doesn't even sound as good when i say it it just sounded so good when you said it i don't know oh. <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> So have you discovered anything as far as um, necessities for you in your uh, burlesque backstage kit? Well, I always have extra lashes because I'm really not very good at the lash thing yet. I'm still learning. It takes Um, a while. It does. And it's funny because sometimes they'll go on perfectly. It's just like, oh, that was perfect. First try. And then other times it's like I have to go through three different sets of lashes before I can get a a pair to stick so um i always have extra lashes and i don't think there can be enough glitter shit in your in your backstage kit like whether Mm -hmm. that's body Mm -hmm. glitter lip glitter whatever glitter i think the more that you can shine (laughs) in any given moment the better i i just i love it and i swear if i could have two versions of every costume just for that ang- anxious side of me to like, oh, what if this breaks or what if this snap pops off? I would have two full versions of every costume, but I know that's not realistic. So I'm going to stick not. to the list and the lashes and glitter for now. <laughs> <laughs> do you tend to have try to have backups of things, though? The, the, what things you can have backups of? I do. Um, and again, it's just like the list. Like, it's just one of those things that then if I have that backup, I don't have to think about it and I don't have to I don't have to spend my energy stressing about that part. I can let it go if I've made that list or if I have that backup in my case, I can let it go and put my energy towards something else, like the art of creating. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. It all comes full circle. Yeah, full circle. yeah. <laughs> Well, I kind of want to follow the pattern that I set um, with Hannah Lee last last week or two weeks ago. I don't know how long ago it was. The days all run together. But normally we kind of do a little controversy corner. We talk about something kind of controversial. But since we're in the season of sex and since um, we kind of have some unique stories between you and Hannah Lee, I'd love to hear, if you don't mind, any advice that you might have for someone, whether they're a burlesque performer or, you know, still maybe considering burlesque performing or maybe just a burlesque enthusiast who is, you know, still trying to cope with some sexual abuse or some sexual trauma or or really any type of abuse, if if you have any. I know it's it's a big topic and I know it's a lot. And certainly, you know, we're not therapists or anything like that. But just what, you know, coming from your own experience, do you have any advice that you might be able to impart on someone as they're working through some of this? I actually do. Um, I mean, I don't think that this is something you can do all on your own. I that mm. I think that's a mistake that that we all make when when we're first coming around to either disclosing or being open and honest about that part of our history. We 
pride ourselves often because we have, I mean, as, as a victim, I feel like I have a lot of strength because I, I got through that and I, and I healed from that. So that makes me feel like a strong person. And what that does to me sometimes is doesn't let me ask for help when I need it. Um, because Mm -hmm. it's asking for help feels like a, a weakness thing, but it's, it's not a weakness thing. It's, you know, relying on, on your community and, you know, whoever that is, your support network. So surrounding yourself by supportive people and also seeking professional help. Um, I, I, I have a master's in psychology and before I, before I did music full time, I, I was a therapist. I was an outpatient oh, okay. therapist. So you and, are one. I said we weren't one, but you are one. Okay. So, but <laughs> I don't, I don't do that professionally anymore, but it is important, um, to get professional help, um, because those, those people are trained to, um, provide the resources that you're going to need to get through this ultimately. And it's not necessarily that you're going to always have to go to therapy. You may need to check in every now and again, or you may need to do a little intensive, intensive kind of trauma work. And then you can take the rest on your own for a little while or with your support network of, you know, friends and family and, and, and your support system. But, um, I I do think it's important to have somebody, that you can communicate with uh, back to that communication that we talked about before. Uh, So that, that would be my advice is um, to surround yourself with a, with a good support system and um, probably to look into professional help. If, if you hadn't sought it before um, it can be really helpful. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. I think I think there's too uh, too strong a stigma in in our society against like finding professional help. Oh, you go to a therapist? You know, there must be what's wrong is often the first question that's asked. And I think that even if there, whether whether or not there is something wrong, I think therapy can be a great way to work through things, right? And to kind of have that kind of external, um, outside not even opinion always, but just sounding board, I guess, or person to help you kind of work through. Yeah, and they can provide a framework for what healing looks like. I mean, absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. a beautiful way of putting it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If if you're if if you haven't healed from anything uh, like trauma before, if you hadn't done that work, then you don't know what those step. You don't know that framework of steps to go through, and and possibly even don't even know what healing looks like, like what, mm-hmm. what it will feel like once you feel like you've healed um, in a way. So a, a professional can offer that framework for you. Mm-hmm. And then you can use your supportive community to, to help you fill out that framework once you have it. Yes, absolutely. It reminds me a bit of um, when I was talking a few few months ago with Kyla Prince. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that episode, but um, she has dealt with a lot of um, with things like eating disorders and various forms of that before. And her stance on it is you have recovery and then you have discovery. Right. And I just love the way she put that. I think that was just such a nice, you know, kind of base of the framework for that. Yeah, that was really a great cool. episode. Mm-hmm. She's amazing, too. So, <laughs> so many amazing people. For those of you listening, um, whether this is something that you're struggling 
struggling with or not, I will, um, or if you know someone who is, I will put up some resources in the show notes for this episode, which will be at burlesquestripdown.com slash Virginia. So we're going to have, I'm going to have a few resources in there for you as well as Kyla's episode and some other things. Um, And I'll also put link up to Ignacio Rivera, the one I was talking about earlier, who is working on a few different projects where you can share your story um, as a survivor or share even just your experience as far as sex ed and because they're doing a little bit with that as well. So if you're interested, definitely head on over so that you can have some of these resources and, um, and, and, you know, as always continue the conversation, email us, post on the, on the, the show notes page, all of that to kind of keep that story going. All right. Well, now that we've got some of the heavy questions out of the way, I mean, we had a good a good chance to talk about some deep stuff, some really important things, especially now during the season of sex. But let's launch into something a little bit lighter, shall we? We shall. Let's have a little <laughs> fun with this. Yeah, a little bit. I like to get to know people on a very superficial level sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's the best. <laughs> Yeah, I know superficial gets a bad rap sometimes, right? But sometimes it's nice to know little superficial things. So we always start with um, this end section with a little bit called Pick Your Poison. And I've got 11 different questions. Again, kind of superficial, kind of just getting to know you um, just as a person, Virginia, a little bit better. So I only need you to pick one of them. So why don't you pick your favorite number, whichever it is, one through 11. I'm going to go with uh, my lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. Ooh, I like this one. What is your favorite 90s jam? Oh, man. Um, I know. There's so many good ones to choose from. This one, yeah, it's kind of hard for me because I in the 90s, I was I consider myself equal equal grunge and pop opportunity. I, I don't know how I balanced <laughs> that, but um, nice. but I did. And so I think... I think I'm going to have to go with Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. (laughs) Oh, such a great song. Which technically, I mean, that may have been late 80s, but that song had some life. So we're going to drag it into the 90s. Absolutely. We'll call it a 90s no matter what. Yeah, that's such a good that's such a good choice because it's such it's one that really, like you said, you know, ba- kind of talking about crossing boundaries and stuff. It's just like I feel like that's a song that everybody loves, you know? Yeah. Like that song along with like Don't Stop Believing. Like it doesn't matter where you are. That song, either one of those two songs come on and people just start jamming. Exactly. You know? No matter who they are. Exactly. You can't. <laughs> I would challenge you not to dance to that song or at least bob your head when it comes up. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just got such a beat. Oh. Gosh, I want to start singing right now. I will save you all and I will not. But (laughs) all right. Very good. Good, good answer. I love that one. And of course, we like to end it on a quick fire round called This or That. And this is the section where you get two options. And we are just, like I said, going to kind of quick fire them at you and you get to choose your favorite one. And I always say you can interpret these in any way you like. So there's no kind of right or wrong interpretation. Okay? Okay. All right. You ready? Yes. Let's do it. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Starbucks. Mm, city or country? That one's hard for me, but um, I'm going to go city for now. Movies or TV shows? Movies. Dita Von Tees or Dirty Martini? Ooh, Dita Von Tees. All right. How about a Dirty Martini or a pint of beer? A dirty martini, uh, a hot and dirty martini. <laughs> hot and dirty. Love it. How about day or night? Night. Harry Potter or Star Wars? Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> love it. <laughs> top or bottom? Top. Yeah, those top bunks. They're really just the best. You <laughs> know, you got a best. vantage point over the whole room. <laughs> right. Right. How about mountains or ocean? 
Oh, um, I'm going to go with the deep blue sea. Yay. Classic or neo-burlesque? That one's hard for me, too, but I'm going to go classic. All right. How about peanut butter or jelly? Peanut butter. Comedy or tragedy? Uh, tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a sad. You like the sad stuff, huh? I do. I do. <laughs> Marvel or DC? Marvel. Sleep or sex? Sex. Ooh, there you go. And <laughs> lastly, the ever important, heels or bare feet? Oh, that one's changed for me since uh, since my burlesque journey has begun. So now it's heels. Nice. Nice. It's cool that it's changed for you. And that actually you know, kind of brings me to one last little question. But like, would you think before you were kind of one of the like a glittery person or like was that kind of in your wheelhouse already? Or do you think burlesque really added that, those kind of things to your life? Well, I'd, I mean, I've... Like I've said, I've been I've been on stage most of my life. And uh, I mean, I tour as a musician full time. So, I mean, I do the thing where where I I put my stage makeup on and and get dressed up and that sort of thing. But I do feel like burlesque has has brought a little more glitter to my world for sure since I started and just kind of fun playing with it. Like when we go out for wild pony shows, I'm I'm pretty much look the same way every night for the most part. But with burlesque, you kind of, you know, Virginia Dare Me is who I am as a burlesque performer, but that persona can be several different characters but mm-hmm. depending on what act I'm performing. So there's an opportunity to play a little bit more and experiment with different looks and wigs and all kinds of different things you can do in the burlesque world. And it's really fun. I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel you there. Because I mean, I, I even though I've been on stage for a long time, not necessarily singing, but I've been an actress for a long time. Um, I was never I would never have considered myself like glittery or like glamour or any of that. And while I still haven't gone that way with my burlesque personally, um, I do, you know, I, I have learned to embrace some more, you know, you know, shininess and, and rhinestones and things like that. So it's kind of changing. But I love what you say about being able to explore these different things with different numbers or even just different costumes like at a show or whatever. It's really, it adds a level of exploration and fun, especially because we get to create those ourselves as opposed to like theater where usually I have somebody that tells me what my costume is, you know? Exactly. And and it becomes part of the layer of what you're creating. I mean, your choreography yes. is a layer and your costuming is a layer and um, – then on top of your costuming, you have, you know, sort of the hair and makeup element that um, complements your costume. So it's all part of the layer of of creativity, which I am so into. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like the creativity onion, you know, all exactly. these different layers. I love it. <laughs> all right. So as we start to wrap up here, I'd love to hear about videos because I love videos on the internet. I could spend all my time basically sitting on YouTube and falling down that rabbit hole. So tell me about a couple videos. I don't know if you have, you know, your burlesque number videoed or if you have any ones that you particularly love um, from Wild Ponies. And then also a second video that you just can't get enough of right now. Okay. Um, so I've only done the one number um, for, I've only debuted as a burlesque performer. So I don't have that video up. But I do have a Wild Ponies video um, that I'm really into, and especially today I'm even more into because it's a song called Love Is Not a Sin that we wrote in direct response to uh, discrimination that was happening 
against same-sex couples. Oh, wow. And so we invited – we have a great relationship with our fans all over the world. So we invited our fans to submit pictures of of their loved ones and wedding pictures and family photos and what what they kind of identify as love. And so our oh, fans wow. all sent us those pictures and we created a video to go along with our song, Love Is Not A Sin – um, and it was creating that video as the pictures came in and, and we started to put them together and, and hang them up for the, for the video. It was just an amazing journey to walk through the people, um, who, who submitted for that and just to see the diversity in our fan base and, in their love like it was it was an amazing process so i would love for you to check that out that is so that's so beautiful i love that like i well first of all i love any time that any bands or artists do any kind of like fan sourcing you know like i just i think that's just such a great idea and underutilized and then to really make it something so about something so important with that song uh, i i can't wait to watch it. it sounds beautiful and um actually if i could say another another wild ponies video just because this one um kind of is part of that transition um as i was just beginning burlesque we had finished making our our last record that was released earlier this year called radiant and one of the songs on that record is called um the night we never met and the concept that we had for this video featured me in a slip not much more than a slip and um, I'm on a bed in a field of snow like we literally made this video in a field in Kentucky when it was 17 degrees (gasps) oh my lord and um yeah and I'm rolling around on a bed in a slip and freeze totally (gasps) freezing poor thing freezing my ass off but I never would have been able to accomplish that I never would have felt comfortable in front of a camera in so little clothing and just been that confident in my body without beginning my burlesque journey and in making that video and then as it was edited and came came into us for to watch I just remember like I was describing earlier about seeing myself in a way that I had not seen myself before physically mm-hmm. and that being part of my journey. And I just would not have been able to do that without starting this burlesque journey. Yeah, that's amazing. It kind of it does. It harkens back to what you were kind of talking about earlier about how burlesque not only changes, you know, how we like are like on stage, like our bur- like our actual burlesque performance, right? But it also kind of affects the way we carry ourselves in our everyday life. I know for me, I um like for example, like right now at the moment, I'm kind of like heavier than I've you know than I've ever been. But you know, be- between burlesque and talking more about you know body positivity slash neutrality and things like that, I'm more confident than I've ever been. So these kind of things really do kind of bleed and blend into our daily lives and we can carry ourselves a little bit taller and we can do these artistic projects that maybe don't directly relate to burlesque, but they would not have been possible without that influence. Right. And it just makes us honor ourselves in oh, yes. in our daily in our daily walk. Da- Every day is not going to be a great day, but you still sure. have have to honor yourself wherever you are in that moment. So um, burlesque has been a big part of that for me. 
Do you have any other videos you want to share? Anything you can't get enough of right now or? Well, I mean, I'm always into um, a Beyonce video for sure, particularly yeah. <laughs> particularly the formation uh, video is just amazing. Like when you talk about booty jiggle and the way it's supposed to be in burlesque, and I know we're not supposed to say supposed <laughs> to right. and should, I get but it. you know right. what I mean. Just that, yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, that's that's where it is. That's that's what I'm going for. The let it go, let it shake. Make it happen. <laughs> oh, Beyonce. Love it. Well, for anybody listening, if you want to check out um, any of those three videos, of course, as always, I will have them kind of embedded in the show notes. So you can watch them right on that page. And that'll be at burlesquestripdown.com slash Virginia, just like the state. So you can head there um, and check those out as well as find out more information about Virginia Deremy. Because here's the thing, Virginia, you're awesome. And we can't wait to hear about where Virginia Dare Me goes from here. And also, I'm sure a lot of us, I mean myself included, want to know a little more about Wild Ponies and some of these amazing songs that you're writing and producing and performing and all of this. So where is the best way, or where, where is the best way? Ha, what? Ugh, talking. What is the best way? <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> what is the best way to keep up with you, get in contact with you, you know, anything that we want to do if we want to know more? The best way is Instagram and Facebook. So Virginia Dare Me on both Facebook and Instagram. I love the Instagram format because I'm a visual person. And so I love taking taking pictures that kind of represent a day or um, just an experience that I'm having a mood or whatever. So I love that format. That's probably the one that I'm most active on. Have you started using the Instagram stories at all? Uh, no, I haven't. No, it's like their new, I don't know if you're familiar with it for anybody listening. It's like their new version. They're kind of trying to like do like a Snapchat thing. Oh. So instead of going separately to Snapchat, you have your Instagram stories up at the very top. When you open Instagram, there's all these little circles of people's faces. Mm -hmm. And when you click on them, it's these short either pictures or like 10 second video clips that run through just like Snapchat does. And so I think it's really interesting. And and I'm, I'm excited to see how it kind of shakes out as far as because Snapchat is really popular among especially amongst younger people these days. And so to see if like Instagram is able to like compete with that and everything because it would be nice to have kind of one-stop shopping yeah <laughs> that sounds great i'm totally gonna check that out but the only issue is they don't have those cool face filters that snapchat does to me that's the only reason i use snapchat is because they like will put these masks over my face like digitally and it just looks really funny and it I does enjoy it. yeah <laughs> anyway any other um any other links that you want to share or anything like that well, I, obviously, I would love to share Wild Ponies. So www.wildponies.net. And we're we're all over the place. And also on, on Facebook, facebook.com slash wildponiesmusic. Yeah, because I'm sure that some people are interested. Now, are you touring at the moment? or We are kind of done other than a, f a few shows here and there. We're kind of done for the year. But we'll be kicking it back up first, first of 2017 and... Got two European tours planned and going to be all over the U.S. and probably some in Canada in 2017. Fabulous. Will you be sure you get in touch with me so I can put you in touch with my people in Paris? Ooh. And when you come to Orlando, you let me know. I definitely <laughs> will. I love it. And if you can't remember the links, my friends, if you're driving and you don't have a pen nearby, no worries. It's fine because you go to the website, my website, and you get a link right there. And I know you can remember Burlesque Strip Down because you're listening to the podcast right now. And you're going to remember Virginia because it's Virginia and she's awesome. 
And just a little reminder, too, if, if you are someone, this is the season of sex, if you are someone that is, um, you know, recovering, discovering, whichever it is, um, working through any sexual abuse, sexual trauma, or you know someone who is, please direct them either to the website, um, to my website with more links, or um, to, there's a lot of other resources out there, but, get, you know, support them and get them some, you know, a good community around them. Like, like Virginia said, it's so important to have people around to be able to have this conversation with and and then, you know, professional support as needed as well. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to share with our guests today, Virginia? No, thank you so much for having me. I mean, when I found your podcast, I was a little bit late coming to the game because I was just getting started, but I was listening as I uh, worked up to my debut, and it was just so helpful. Your interviews and your tips and everything I've just found uh, really helpful as I'm starting out on this journey. So thank you so much for that. Oh, well, that makes me so happy. I, honestly, it puts a big smile on my face because, you know, as I've said on the podcast, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of talking into the void and I'm not sure how many people are really listening. So it means a lot to me to hear to hear that kind of feedback. So thank you so much. And thank you for coming on the show because this is what makes everything kind of go is to have these interviews with people at all the different stages of their journey. So thank you so much for being on today and we will talk to you again soon. Sounds great. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folk, Virginia Daremy, straight out of Nashville, Tennessee. Be sure to check out our show notes page at burlesquestripdown.com slash Virginia for all the links and videos that we chatted about, including some resources for um, sexual abuse uh, survival and recovery and discovery and all of those things. For those of you who are interested, if you're loving the show, well, I love you right back. And I would really love to hear from you. So there's a couple different things that you can do to support the show. If you would like, I am actually forming a burlesque strip down posse. That's right. I am bringing people on board who are interested in helping either with some of the, you know, kind of behind the scenes work of creating this podcast and community or with sharing and kind of spreading the word, um, uh, spreading the good word of burlesque stripped down out to the masses. So if that's something that resonates with you, if it interests you, if you just want to talk more, head over to burlesquestripdown.com slash join the posse and you'll be taken to a form that um, you'll be able to fill out and kind of let me know a little bit about who you are and we'll get in touch and we'll chat about it and I'm super excited because I've already had a couple people interested and we're going to build something amazing it's going to be so great Another way, if you are not interested in um, being part of the team, but you still want to help support and help keep this resource free, you can head to burlesquestripdown.com support, and you'll be taken to our Patreon page, which is a brand new page. Um, basically, if you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a way that people can, it's kind of like crowdfunding, like a Kickstarter campaign, but for an ongoing artistic project. So you can support, you can um, donate a dollar per month all the way up to, I don't know, I guess there's no really upper limit, right? If you want to give me a couple hundred dollars a month, I will take it. I would not turn it down. Um, but as little as a dollar a month is really helpful. And we have all sorts of different kind of perks for the different levels. So we'll be doing, you'll have access, even at just a dollar a month, you'll have access to a patron-only feed over there on Patreon, which I am already kind of filling up with random like Snapchat images and, you know, behind the scenes, things like that. Uh, for a little bit more, we'll be starting a uh, Facebook group as well. So we'll be getting that going, which is which, which will be a private 
um, area, only for patrons as well as myself, any teammates, and some of the past guests. So you'll be able to pick their brain just a little bit. I have some dreams in the future. If you listen to my happy birthday episode, you heard some of my goals. I'm hoping to bring in um, a little bit of a resource library. I'm hoping later on to do some merchandise, all those sorts of things. And for any patrons that join before, that start pledging before the end of 2016, you will have a very special status as a founding member. And so that'll get you all sorts of like, you know, like extra things and my undying gratitude as well. So so if you have any questions about that, don't hesitate to email me, but you can always go to burlesquestripdown.com slash support to see all of that. If you would like to do something that is a little bit, you know, more free, free of time and money, I would absolutely appreciate any shares. Take this episode, take any of the episodes, take the season of sex in general and share it with two people that you think this would resonate with, that you think would get a kick out of hearing some of these interviews, hearing some of the conversations that we're having. Just two people is all I ask, because if we're each able to share with two people, then we can continue growing and continue building this amazing burlesque stripped down community. So thank you again to Virginia Daremy for coming on the show today. Thank you to all of you for pressing play. Coming up later in the season of Sex, I'm not exactly sure on the order yet, but we will be having Sinclair Sexsmith coming on the show to talk about some of their perspectives on how the um, how performance, how burlesque, how all of these things kind of interact with the realm of sexuality. So don't miss it. Stay updated. You can always do so on our website on Facebook, Burlesque Stripped Down. I'm on Instagram, Velvet Eau Claire. I'm on Twitter, Velvet Velvet Eau Claire, and make sure that you've subscribed in iTunes or Player FM or whatever your preferred pod catcher is. So thank you once again, ladies, gents, and non-binary folk. And until next time, I hope that you stay sexy. Stay sexy.